1: Uh, let's go to Brad Porter, let's welcome him, and, uh, you know, uh, last, I mean, it's been kind of to and fro between him and, mm. you know, that Adam Kwasnick joined us while you were away. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, so it's a photo finish between oh, these two. Oh, what, what
0: would you say, Mick? Well, you know, I know both the boys and, you know, and me and Kwasnick have done a couple of things, and I know Brad, obviously, and, uh... Mate, I'm, I'm torn, mate. I, I just, you know, like uh, <laughs> so I'm trying I, I, I uh, so try to pick your favourite kit. It, it is a bit. <laughs> it is a bit like, but no, nah, but uh, but I'm um, sorry, but I'm leaving the quads. Oh. <laughs> well,
1: well, let's go to Brad Porter and see what he delivers today. Good morning, mate. And uh, overnight, we've seen. Can you believe the USA has drawn with England?
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, surprising result there. Obviously, uh, England had a fantastic first-up result, six-two uh, over Iran, and. You know, football was apparently coming home, as uh, as always, with a, with a good early result of the tournament. But, uh, yeah, certainly brought back down to earth uh, with a nil result, result against the US, who, you know, are a, are a decent team in their own right. I watched their first matches as well. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure the English nation will be up in arms and it'll be absolute chaos over there in the press. But, you know, I, if I'm going to Southgate, I'm not too concerned with four points from two games.
0: Mate, I've got to tell you, I've watched... Uh, You know, most of the game this morning. Um, The US looked like they were the more dominant team. uh, Created more opportunities. Didn't quite take advantage of those opportunities when they did come. But, um, um, yeah, I I think you're right about... I I have no doubt the English media will be all over this. And, uh, you know, up in arms as to how... Especially after the result against Iran, that 6-2 victory. um, It was a great way to start the tournament. Um, But, mate... I love this World Cup and and what it's about and the permutations that come with it. A big game tonight for Australia taking on Tunisia. Anything but a win um, will basically see the Aussies bow out. And uh, it's so important. How do you see this playing out, Brad? Do you think they can get the job done tonight?
2: Yeah, look, I've been uh, really surprised at the reaction after the France game. I think, uh, you know, we talk about the the negative press in England. I I don't understand the negativity towards the Socceroos. you know, I think Graham Arnold, with the players that he's got at his disposal, I think it's, you know, it's an incredible achievement that we're even at the World Cup to start with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm backing the boys tonight. I honestly believe that we can and will get a result against Tunisia tonight and then we go into that last game against Denmark, you know, hoping that France, you know, does a job on them uh, tomorrow morning as well. We could very much, and I'm confident, we'll go into that last game against Denmark needing a point to get through. And I'm telling you, that's what, that will be one of the greatest achievements in Australian sport if we do that.
0: I agree. And, yeah. you know what? You're 100% right about this criticism about this Australian team. You're taking on the reigning world champions in France. The difference in value is $780 million. You know what? Those boys are out there busting their butt, you know, trying to compete against... Um, players that are arguably in the top, you know, 15, 20 players in the world. Like Mbappe's up in the top three players yeah. in the world. Yeah. How, a how
1: scintillating was he? And, you know, they, you start to see they hang Nathaniel Atkinson out to dry, yeah. BP. Well, what are your thoughts there? Because, you know, we've discussed it here on, on the air that, yeah, you know, maybe we should have changed our tactics there. What would you have done in that situation?
2: Yeah, look, it's a it's a difficult situation. I think, uh, you know, Arnie's in a difficult position there. And I know that, you know, some of the press and some of the commentary after the game was that, you know, we should have been a little bit more, you know, opening 10 minutes. We kind of went at France a little bit. Um, but I think partly that was more down to France sitting a little bit deeper and allowing us to play in that first 10 minutes versus us really um, getting on the front foot and, and trying to attack. Um, Arnie, it's, it's a difficult situation. If we go out against France and try and get on the front foot, um, and attack them and press them in the front third, it could very easily go pear-shaped. And we could be walking away with you know six or seven goal loss. What does that do to the psychology and confidence mm. of the players heading into the next game? So I think it's very easy for us to sit here um, in the armchair and say we should have went at France. But I think you know, Arnie, <coughs> Arnie knows what he's doing and I think we need to trust him. Um, and as I said, I think we'll get a positive result tonight. He'll go in there with a game plan against the Tunisians. And if the players stick to that game plan and, and show the confidence and show that, you know, Australian character that we're known for, we can get a result, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think against France it became damage minimisation, wasn't it? And I also, I tend to agree with Brad, like, watching some of these other nations, I think as an Australian supporter, you just want to be proud of the effort. So, so watching Iran overnight watching the Saudis, watching the Japanese. You just want them to put in a shift that you can be proud of.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I I, I hear what you're saying, Brad, about, you know, the French side and and all those things. For me, the big difference, and again, this comes down to the calibre of opposition they play against on a weekly basis. I just felt that they were, the French side, were just one or two steps quicker in everything they did. You know, when they had the ball, they were just that little spark quicker. The, they, they, were, they, they were a
1: delight to watch. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And when they
0: defended, and that, that was a big play there on Atkinson, where, you know, he normally would have that little half-step extra time or half a second extra time. Mm. He's playing against one of the best and, left wings in the in the world.
1: And what are we doing playing out from the back anyway? Correct. At, at times. Kick line, mate. Kick line. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts there, Brad? It's, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. You know, my
2: observations were, you know, Australia used to... Yeah, you know, we copped a lot of criticism, you know, back in the nineties and two thousands for for being a nation that produced very physical players, so we were known as being, you know, big, fast, fit, strong footballers. And the criticism was always that we were technically and tactically quite poor. You know, that was the you know, always the you know, the narrative that will come out of these big tournaments. And I think as a as a country we made that decision when we bought in the you know, the, the Dutch and overhauled the development system and, and introduced the national curriculum. And, you know, we can argue, you know, the, the merits of that, you know, for, for hours here. But I think we've, we've gone so far down the path of developing players technically, which, is, which we absolutely needed to. And we know at the top level, you need to be technically and tactically, you know, outstanding now. But I think we've lost our way with our physical development. Some of those things, some of those traits that we were known for physically... You know, we're now not known for them, and the way the game has gone, you know, gone are the days where, a, you know, you see a Paul Gascoigne in the middle of a pitch who's maybe not physically great but was a genius. Now, to, to compete at the top level, you need to be, you know, a genius, and you need to be a superb athlete. Um, yeah, you know, that was certainly my observation of of those top teams at the tournament. They're brilliant players, but they're also supreme athletes. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I saw that, you know, on, and I, you know, you talked about how good it was to watch the French, right? Yeah, well, and, what,
1: what about the goal that would have been scored by Mbappe? Yeah. Started on the right-hand flank, where the winger has just seized a moment, Brad, you'd remember this, but his blistering speed and the delivery into the box, if they had have scored that, it would have been one of the greatest goals I'd ever see in my lifetime, but it went over the roof. Hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and, and the French team are outstanding. You know, they'll certainly be there at the end of the ta- tournament to be reckoned with for sure. Um, but as I said, you know, we're not competing in that, you know, in that talent pool as Australians. Um, but certainly, you know, with the with the coaching staff we've got and the togetherness of that group, as I said, you know, I'm I'm quietly confident we can get a get a result against the Tunisian.
1: Hey, and what are your thoughts of Mick Morley as we go to the break? <laughs> uh, he just said he's in Quaz's corner. <laughs> Miku. Yeah, look, I, you That's know, right. I
2: have obviously got more work to do. Look, what I will say when you showed the, uh, or when you you know, aired some of the highlights of previous games, I'm surprised you didn't get uh, some highlights of Quaz's uh, Tunisia, Denmark, nil-all draw commentary. Surely you should have got
1: some
0: of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. Nice. <laughs> we talked about how good France were. What about the Brazilians, mate? Uh, great to see them perform and. Uh, their efforts against who was it? Uh, Serbia. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Richarlison. Oh, Couple of great the goals. second oh, goal
1: is uh, gee, that I'm, is football at it, its best. I'm calling it's, it.
0: I'm calling
2: it now. That'll be goal of the tournament. It's going to uh, take yep. incredible effort to
0: yep.
1: uh,
2: to top that. Uh, the the cross obviously wasn't the best. I think it arrived in at about knee height. He's he's popped the ball up, you know, spun on the half turn, and the connection of that that kick was uh, was you know, he couldn't have hit it any better. So, um, obviously, Brazil, they're, they're highly fancied at the tournament, as they always are. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, the stars in the French team, but what about the, the depth of talent in that Brazil team? I mean, they I think they made four or five changes towards the back end of that game. You know, they're bringing on guys like Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli, Casemiro, um, you know, Fred. But, I mean, these guys are bona fide, you know, World, world stars, and they're bringing him off the bench. It's just an incredible depth of talent.
1: Yeah, I'm glad Richarlison scored that because it's something you would expect from the great Pelé, isn't it? I mean, it was that brilliant.
2: Yeah, look, the, the the narrative of World Cup, there's always there's always Brazil and there's always, you know, a number nine for Brazil that's doing the business, you know, down the years. You've had Pele, you know, you've had the, the fat Ronaldo. Uh, you know, we, we, there's always a narrative around a Brazilian number nine. So, um, you know, hopefully this is this is the year potentially for Richarlison.
1: Yeah, and you know the other thing too, and I said this to my son Corey last night, Richarlison barely touched the ball in the opening 45. Yeah. So you say to any young athlete that stay in the contest and you never know when it's going to turn. So his first one's a poacher's goal. Second one is just... Yeah, it.
0: A- uh, and you know what? I-, I look at that and, you know, my son was telling me about uh, Messi and the amount of Ks that he does. Like, you know, it's about 4K for a game. And, mm. you know, most other players are doing 8, 10, 15, 15 Ks, whatever it is, right? Mm. But, you know what? His teammates don't care because no. when he touches the ball, he's mm. brilliant. I do want to touch on, Brad, Uh, Portugal, and in particular Cristiano Ronaldo, becomes the first player ever to score uh, a goal in five Five. World Cups, which is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, just the mark of him as a player and a man and and what he's managed to achieve in the game.
2: Yeah, look, obviously, you know, an incredible star, you know, we can... You know we can talk about the size of the ego and some of the things that are surrounding you know ronaldo and and what's come out obviously the interview with piers morgan you know with um yeah he's his criticism of manchester united and they've now obviously terminated his contract but you know the the way that he's wired and we know with ronaldo it's, it's very much all about ronaldo um you know he's he'll be going to this world cup thinking oh, i want to prove everyone wrong everyone's telling me i'm too old and i'm finished um, he's going to be highly motivated to leave a massive mark on this World Cup. And uh, you know, I tell you what, if if, if one man at 37 has got the ability, footballing-wise, to do it, it's him.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, mate. Now, I've got to tell you, we talked about the, you know, the couple of upsets and what they mean. You know, the likes of Germany, Argentina. Um, you know, this second round for these teams is so important for them in relation to them progressing through to the next round. Uh, because... You know, you go into that, you, you know, you come out of a, the first game with a loss. Gia puts you behind the eight ball.
2: Yeah, look, it, it becomes, you know, not quite sudden death, but, but those teams certainly need to, to pick up at least a point to stay alive. I think, you know, we, we can talk about Argentina. I think, you know, you, you mentioned Butts in the first half, they were, they were very good. And if it wasn't for, for VAR, you know, if we're sitting here and it's, you know, 2002 yep. and that game gets played, Argentina's up 3-0 at half time and, yeah, you know, they probably comfortably win that game. Um, yes. But the fact that we've got VAR, they've got those, you know, marginal decisions that have gone against them. You know, they've they've come out with a loss. But I think the, the psychology of, of them in particular, you know, they went, I think it was 36, 37 games unbeaten. The likelihood of coming into a World Cup and extending that another eight games at that level. Yeah. Yeah, it's questionable whether you can maintain it. So I think for them, it's almost the. You know, it's an, it's an adage, and it's a little bit of a cliche in sport, they talk about the loss that you need to have. That that unbeaten run is now out of their system. They're not thinking about that. The shackles are off. I think um, yeah, we may look back at the end of the tournament. Uh, that result may be a blessing in disguise for them.
1: What's yeah, the and we may be getting two of the best games of the World Cup overnight. Hopefully one of them is Tunisia or Australia, but France versus Denmark. Yeah. Now, Brad, you'll tell us in a few moments... That is absolute top-shelf European football that we're about to see overnight. And as Butch has spoken about, Argentina-Mexico tomorrow morning at 6am. That's one you've got to set your alarm for because that could be absolutely epic. South American football going up against the Mexicans. Uh, Tell us more.
2: Yeah, look, the the Argentina-Mexico game, I mean, that's just... You know, if you, look at, if you look at the names of those nations, that's just got World Cup written all over it, that game. You know, Mexico have got a, you know, a huge pedigree in World Cups and always you know, play a good brand of football. They're always on the front foot. You know, the Argentinians the same. So that, that game could literally be anything. Um, Argentina obviously need the win in that one. Um, so, I, you know, you, you could potentially be looking at a high-scoring, you know, end-to-end affair there, which would be fantastic. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, two European heavyweights in France and Denmark. You know, obviously all Australians, you know, we're hoping for a French win. You know, we want the French just yes. to walk through that group and, and clean up the Danes and the Tunisians, which helps our cause. But, you know, Denmark obviously have a lot of quality and a lot of pedigree themselves. So, um, you know, that's, a, that's certainly a game that's going to be, you know, very you know, entertaining to watch as well.
0: And Brad, I dare say, if you've got nothing better to do on Monday morning at 6 a.m., there's a game Spain versus Germany, which I think might be okay. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> just, just saying, yeah talk,
2: yeah, talk about narrative around that. I mean, Spain have come into the tournament probably Seven, yeah. for the first time for a long time. No one's really spoken about Spain. Um, you know, obviously, still got you know an incredible you know amount of talent in the squad, but no one was really talking about them as contenders. You know, in the same breath of the Argentinians and the, the Germans and the Brazilians, uh, but they've absolutely destroyed. Uh, Costa Rica in that first game and, and played a you know a sublime um, brand of football almost synonymous with the, the Spanish teams of the you know the mid 2015 for instance um, and then obviously you've got Germany on the other hand they they need a result here they need at least yes, a, they do at least a point uh, if not a win after that first up loss so that's a I mean, it, it's very early in the tournament for Spain Germany. That's a game that you know belongs in the quarterfinal, semifinal, final stage. So we're we're certainly in for a treat, you know, a bit early in the tournament.
1: And, and isn't that amazing that you know people spoke about our group as the group of death? Yeah. I bumped into someone last Sunday who's a lifelong football fan and has, has played the game at the highest level, yep. and he said, "You are joking." There's, all... a, there's a group with Germany versus Spain. <laughs> <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> and, and you know
0: what? The, the thing about it is, with that game on the Monday morning. Tomorrow night, Japan take on Costa Rica. So, you know, you'd like to think or you'd probably think that Japan will get the win yeah. there against Costa Rica. They're a great team. Which then puts them on Japan, six points. Yeah, yeah. You know, the pressure is well and truly on Germany and they'll know exactly where they stand uh, uh, yes. and I'm, what
1: they've got to do. I'm glad Japan won because, for me, it means they've taken that next step from being technically excellent yeah. to being mentally strong. Yeah. Do you yeah. agree, Brad?
2: yeah absolutely I mean you look at I mean we often as as Australians we you know we are in the Asian Confederation and we obviously consider ourselves you know in the, in the same breath as a Japan or a Saudi Arabia or an Iran I think that's the perception that you know us as a nation have. but if you look at if you look at Japan you look at that squad like all of those players are playing you know at the top level in top leagues across Europe you look at Iran you know they've got so many of that squad are playing, you know, in the Bundesliga. You know, they got a lot of players playing in the Premier League. So I think we we underestimate again. You know, I'm, I'm harping on about it, but the Socceroos squad. You know, we, we've got nowhere near the talent of even a Japan or a or Iran, for instance. Uh, yet our expectations are almost, you know, on, on that level. Um, yeah, I, so, I get yeah, it. Unrealistic. It's no yeah. That Japan gets results.
0: You know what? I, I go back to the point you probably made earlier on when you first come on. You know what, we should be thankful and appreciative of the fact they're actually in the World Cup. Right? They've done an amazing job to get there, right? And we've got to have faith. And you know, we've also got to have uh, not these unrealistic expectations that we are going into this World Cup. There's 32 nations in that World Cup we're probably regarded as probably the 28th or 29th best team there. Well, 100%. Right? And that's not, that's not being disrespectful. No, that's, that's just the harsh reality. But, but you've got to be realistic. Look, you look you look at our team and look, and you look at the players we've got and where they're playing in the world. It's, it's, that's changed. Back in the, in the golden years, you know, with, with the Dukas and all that sort of stuff. They, they were playing at the highest level in, in England, right? Yep. We don't have that really anymore. You know, we've got, I don't know how many A-League players there was. There was a, a few. So you've got to be realistic. I mean, it's as simple as that. We, hey, don't, we well, don't have as many, we have plenty of players playing around the world. Yeah. We don't have as many as we did No, playing in that EPL. That no, that EPL. highest level. Correct. Exactly right.
1: Yeah, we need to go to uh, the Duke news. And, uh, and,
0: and uh, t- take respect it
1: away, Brad.
2: To someone like Mitch, all respect to someone like Mitch Duke. He obviously started the game for the Socceroos the other night. Now, the reality is, you know, he's an ageing player now in his 30s. He's hmm. playing in the second division in Japan. So that just yeah. gives you a, a little bit of an idea. He's not even playing first, you know, the first league in Japan. He's playing in the second division, and yeah. we're lining up against a team with Giroud and and, and Mbappe at the other end.
1: Yeah, no. And the fact that we're
2: competing on that on that level is is phenomenal.
1: Yep. yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brad, I'm giving you a standing ovation. The uh, final show of the year. Look, uh, the the jury's out. Like Mute said, I mean, it is like choosing between uh, your kids. Uh, Do we have favourites with our kids? (laughs) Of course we do. (laughs) Of course we we do. do. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, We really appreciate it. Uh, Look forward to doing a whole lot more in 2023. It's been a pleasure,
2: guys. I've, uh, I've appreciated being back on the air.